Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Believe in Minnesota Football podcast hosted by me, Tony Lieber. You can follow me on Twitter at Tony Lieber and Instagram and TikTok at Tony underscore Lieber. For today's episode, we will be recapping the Gophers' shocking one-point loss to the Illinois Fighting Illini. And what it means going forward. Uh, obviously, a big turning point in the season, big inflection point. Um, and like most people, I was shocked. It was a surprising ending of the game. It's one of those games that, as a fan, as a viewer, as someone tweeting about the team, you're. I I was I was confident all the way throughout. I was like, yeah, I like how this game's going. I, especially in the first half, Ethan looked comfortable. It just seemed like they they had it under control, and then it all kind of happened. But a lot of the things we mentioned on um the preview episode rang true. Isaiah Williams was really tough to stop. Jerzon Newton absolutely wreaked wrecked havoc in the second half when he came back from injury or from the suspension, the targeting suspension. And the Gophers had no answer. They didn't. And everything that was working in the second half kind of stopped working or working in the first half kind of stopped working in the second half. Uh, we'll touch on that a little more what I mean by that, but um, just a frustrating game all around. A lot of people had a lot of uh, very various takes from all over the place, but you got to take a step back. And I mean, I wrote about it a little bit on go for If you, this is what I said. I said, if you've been in a coma since 2016 and just woke up Saturday's loss to Illinois encapsulated everything that has happened since PJ Fleck became head coach of the Gophers. And I kind of think that because obviously the game itself it was just, it was really up and down. There were moments that they looked tremendous. Um, Daniel Jackson makes a big play. Ethan has one of his best games of his career. Uh, Tyler Newbin makes a big play. And Jordan Newbin was running well. It, it, it was kind of going everything that uh, you would hope for as a Gophers fan. And, and then it, it was just one step short. Just like how the three out of the past four seasons, the Gophers have been. One game short of the Big Ten championship. They were one play short of winning today or winning on Saturday. And you see all of those uh, games before with Indiana winning, with Michigan State, Indiana beating Wisconsin, Michigan State beating Nebraska. The door was just wide open. Couldn't have been more open. Iowa struggling against Nebraska while the Gophers are battling. Or Iowa struggling against Northwestern while the Gophers are battling Illinois. I'm struggling today. Jeez. Um, but get what I'm saying that it was wide open it was right there for the taking you've been in this position before it was time to actually do it now it was your last chance all the stuff we we've talked about before on on this podcast and it was just one step short just like the 2019 season just like the 2021 season just like the 2022 season you had an opportunity and you missed it and 
if you're listening to this and you're a huge PJ Fleck fan, love PJ Fleck, wrote about all this stuff, you have to admit that. I don't think PJ Fleck should be fired. I think he should be far from fired. I think his job should be quite safe. But he has to make some changes. This offense is just unacceptable. The special teams has major, major issues every single game that lose you the game. I, if they don't fumble the opening kickoff, I don't think they lose that game. Um, it was incredibly impressive to for the defense to respond the way they did because that's just two games in a row you're put in an absolutely atrocious situation. Um, I'm curious how much uh, playing time Sean Tyler gets the rest of the year, but you got to feel bad for the guy. Um, but man, you just can't make those mistakes. And then it just it, the first three opening kickoffs, they had different guys returning the ball. That's just not a good thing as a special teams unit. Well, uh, Dragon Kesic might be one of the best kicker, Gophers kickers in program history. The rest of the special teams just continues to be a major, major issue. But I also wrote TJ Flexible thing. It's about changing your best, all this stuff. And um, as someone who is not a TJ Fleck, um, how do I want to word this? I like P.J. Fleck. He should be the head coach of the Gophers, and he should be the head coach for many years to come. But I'm not one of those guys that says he can't. He can do no wrong. And what I got so annoyed with, if you've noticed, I haven't been covering the games in the press box, and the main reason is I just get It's a little much listening to all of his press conferences. And that's a main reason why I'm not, because... I'd let it, I feel like bother my opinion on him a little too much because just don't basically what I'm getting at is when he says all this change your best, he blames the loss on himself. It's just the copy and paste same story over and over and over. Again. Like I get that's what you're supposed to say, and I get that most coaches have this coach speak, but like when are you gonna do something about it? Like it's one thing to say it over and over again, but when your actions don't change, that's an issue. And for me, that gets to be a little much. And it's time for him to change. And I do think he can still. And I think he's still the best option for the Gophers right now. So that's why I think his job should be quite secure. And I think anyone saying that it shouldn't be is a little obnoxious, but... It's just what's so frustrating is um, the 2023 season, we all know. I'm not even going to rehash this. We all know that why this game stinks, but um, some takeaways from the game. I thought Ethan played pretty well. You see um, on Twitter, it's his highest graded career game ever, according to PFF. He's over the 90 threshold again. And it's it just... He's kind of at the point now, especially the last three weeks, the Iowa, the three games, the Iowa, Michigan State, and Illinois game now. Um, he's at the point where he's starting to look really comfortable, in my opinion, but he's just missing like three plays in a game. And that was kind of this game, too. He was 11 of 22 for 167 and three touchdowns. Uh, Three of those were probably Corey Croom's drops. That could have been big plays. That's a whole different story, but um, some about Minnesota receivers and just dropping balls. But 
Um, he, he looked really good. He had that connection with uh, Brevin Spanford in the first half. He had the connection with Daniel Jackson for that touchdown. Elijah Spencer finally got on the board with a touchdown. Yeah. It looked like everything was clicking in the passing game. The first half looked like what this offense should look like. They'll run first team, but they have playmakers that can make big plays in the pass game, and that's what it looked like. But in the second half, the biggest issue with this offense right now is they got too cute. They started doing different stuff. Everything that was working in the first half, they just abandoned, which make, made no sense. Brevin Spanford did not get a single target. And, I mean, kind of why I think this game encapsulates the P.J. Fleck era so well, that two-point conversion, man, it just, I just don't get, I don't know if that was a Fleck decision, a Harbo decision. I, I have no idea whose decision it was. Nobody does unless you're on the team. But. It just went once he tries to be aggressive, it just it's like he has a, a switch in his head that he's like, All right, time to be aggressive. And he just goes way too far on one end. Like, okay, go for two there, but don't do a trick play jump ball to your quarterback. That was just a very, very puzzling, puzzling um decision, play call, everything about it. I would have went for two there. I think going for two there was the right decision. I think the analytics would back that up. And I'm I'm usually an analytics guy. That's just how you should make decisions. Um, if you're making a decision and one thing gives you a better chance of succeeding, you make that decision just in life and sports and everything. So anyone that complains about analytics a little too much, but that's a whole different story. But the play call is absolutely atrocious. I just don't even... Did Elijah Spencer play QB in high school or something? I don't think he even did. Um, didn't look comfortable throwing the football, that's for sure. And then a jump ball to Ethan, I just, I, that's just too cute, in my opinion, especially when you have a red zone threat of Van Ford's Thatcher, one of, supposed to be one of the better ones in the country. And I've seen it in practice multiple times. I've seen it in games multiple times. And if I was a coach, if I was a play caller, those are the plays I would call because I could lay my head at, on my pillow at night and be like, at least I threw it to the best player. And he didn't make a play. But now you're laying your head at night and you're like, what was I thinking? I threw a jump ball to my quarterback with my wide receiver. Again, is even a different story if Cole Kramer comes in and then you got both quarterbacks in the field or something. But it just football's all about matchups and you want to exploit matchups. And I just don't know what that matchup was. I I just it made no sense to me in the moment, makes no sense to me now. Difference in the game. And the, those are the decisions that make people question PJ Flex's in-game coaching ability. Nobody is questioning PJ Flex's ability to turn a program around, which he has. Um, nobody is questioning PJ Flex's ability to recruit well, which he has in the transfer portal. Nobody's questioning his ability to be to run a good program. He has the Minnesota Gophers as a good, respectable program. But 
these decisions that were just atrocious. And you're like, what did you just do? And this one added up. It might cost him another Big Ten last championship. It might cost him his last real chance to make the Big Ten championship. But we're optimists here, and the Gophers still have a road to Indianapolis. So what they would like to happen and what they need to happen is a four-way tie in first place in the West Division with Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, Nebraska, all at five and four. If that happens, the Gophers own the tiebreaker against all three other teams in that scenario with three games remaining against Purdue, Ohio State, Wisconsin. Minnesota have to win two of those. Um, likely against Wisconsin, certainly, and then either Purdue or Ohio State. They would need two losses from Iowa. Um, in this scenario, I think they will. Iowa would. Nebraska is the toughest game remaining on their schedule because it's in Lincoln, and then they got home games against Rutgers and Wyoming. Losing one of those is not that absurd to think. Two teams that are playing some pretty good football. So let's say they lose to Rutgers and Nebraska. And then uh, Wisconsin, they can win two games, and they got Northwestern at home, Nebraska at home, and then at Minnesota. So let's say they go win-win loss, they're 5-4. and four. Nebraska, they got Mar- the easiest schedule remaining, maybe. Not really, I don't know. They're kind of all the same. <laughs> Minnesota's actually probably the toughest since they have the number one team in the country on the road. But um, Nebraska has Maryland at home, Iowa at home, and Wisconsin on the road. So if they go 2-1 and one in those, um, with two Big Ten West teams remaining, they're the only one with two of the teams in the mix, them in Wisconsin. So, I don't know. It's, it'll be interesting. Basically, they just need two Iowa losses, and the Gophers need to win two of their next three. And they'll be in the mix. But I don't know how likely that is. We all kind of see that really all seven of these teams are pretty darn similar. Um, Northwestern just lost 10-7 to against Iowa. Northwestern has beaten the Gophers. It beat Maryland. They're not a horrible team this year. They're kind of right in the mix. Purdue has beaten Illinois. Not a horrible team. They're kind of always in the mix. Um, Nebraska starting to play good ball, and then they lose to Michigan State. Wisconsin surprised at losing to Indiana, but we all saw they gave Ohio State a good run. So all these teams are kind of similar. So really nothing would surprise me at this point. But when you lose games like you do against Illinois and Northwestern, that the for 90% of the game you thought you were going to win, and then you do some garbage at the end, like in both those games, that, that's just frustrating because they could easily have won both those games, and they could easily, easily be, that would be 7-2 and two right now. Oh, my gosh. That would be crazy if they were 7-2 right now. But, again, that's what makes it so frustrating. But you can't make rash decisions. As fans, you can really say whatever the hell you want. I'm kind of saying whatever the heck I want right now. And for some reason, you're listening. But, yeah, just talking about it makes that game just so frustrating. 
I'm right where all of you listening to this are. It it's it's tough, and I don't think Fleck's job should be in jeopardy because he gives the Gophers the best chance to be competitive right now, especially when you enter a new era of the Big Ten, new era of college football. And this won't be an article or this won't be a podcast bashing him because he just needs to improve. It's at the point you, you need to change something because what you're doing is not working. You're running your head against a wall now. Oh, three years in a row, it's the exact same story. And uh, you've shown you can be a game out of the Big Ten West. Now it's time to win it. This was your last chance to win it, so that's what makes it a little more frustrating. But now it's time to win 10 games. You can win nine. But show us to win 10 and 11. Um, win the games that you should like this. And I, I just don't get it. But in a positive note, Daniel Jackson looked really good in this game again. He continues to be one of my favorite players on this team. Just a blast to watch at wide receiver. Uh, really talented player. Chris Bell got in the mix for once. He got two catches. Great to see him um, get getting plays, getting touches. And on defense, um, I did want to mention Cody Lindenberg. We talked about kind of how he made a season debut last week against Michigan State, but he was money this this week. Played all 72 snaps, career high PFF grade 90 and a half. Career tied a career high for tackles, 11, and added one and a half tackles for loss and a force fumble. So he was all over the field showing that he is a dominant force at the linebacker position. Still three years of eligibility remaining. I fully expect him to be back next season, too. So that's a great thing to see. Just thought I'd call that out. Um, and I mean, as for the defense, everyone's going to be like, oh, Tyler Newbin let up that big play, blah, 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 blah. How do you let the uh, backup quarterback um, drive down the field at the end of the game? And while that all is true, they were just, they were put in poor positions. So, Let's say you have a bad drive there. The second drive of the game was bad. So that's two bad drives the whole game because the first one you were given an incredibly short field. You had nothing to do about that. Uh, most defenses would let up a touchdown in that scenario. We saw that they let up a field goal um, both times last week against Michigan State with early turnovers, but uh, you get what I'm saying. They were put in really tough positions this game. I thought they played uh, kind of the same level that they have all year. Like I said, Illinois is a good team. Pass defense wasn't great. Um, kind of saw. Um, I said this Illinois offense kind of goes with Isaiah Williams, and it did. Isaiah Williams played tremendously, and um, it cost the Gophers. So I don't think there's any big issues on that end of the ball. Obviously, that play at the end of the game shouldn't happen. Um, but there was a lot of things that led up to that. And I don't think it was entirely on the defense. It's just kicking a field goal after the early turnover strip sack was off. Those are the two plays that lost this game, in my opinion, because you shouldn't have even been in a position at the end of the game that Illinois could have driven there. Obviously, you make one stop on fourth down. We're having a completely different story here, but that is Big Ten West football. That is FBS football. The margins are small. 
And you don't want to put your team in a position to make mistakes like that. And the Gophers did. And that comes down to coaching. Video Flex been in now two games this season where I think really just came down to coaching, which is frustrating because you just got to do it. It's enough to talk about. But um, it's just tough because you, we could be having a just completely different conversation right now, but we're not. And now um, look ahead to Purdue. It was... I looked up uh, Brett McMurphy from the Action Network, who does some great stuff. One of my favorite college football reporters. Uh, he does his uh, bowl game predictions, which are always pretty close. And he uh, did one, obviously, today on Monday while I was recording this, um, that projected the Minnesota Golden Gophers to play in the notoriously legendary, prestigiously, Declan Bowl. And Detroit, Michigan versus Mac team because that bowl is Big Ten versus Mac. They would have they would play Miami of Ohio, and that put the nail in the coffin for me. That I'm like that you just can't do that. Um, that just it's frustrating time. Uh, first fan, but it's not that in the world. Still have the Floyd Rosedale, still have Paul Bunyan's axe. And if we win both those, if we keep both those, everything will happen around it. This was meant to be a rebuilding year. They can still go seven and five. Um, in my eyes, would still be a pretty successful season. It's just the rush, and you can still build off that. It's not like it's a huge drop off. When you're a program like Minnesota, you're not going to get better every single year. That's what PJ Flex said, that sometimes there is down years. And you're not like Georgia. You're not going to win a national title and then always be a national title contender. But it's kind of like 2019 was our national title. And now we're always in contention to have another year like that. We're, they just can't get over the hump the last three seasons. And that, that's what's killing them. Killing me, and that's what's killing Gophers fans. But they can still do it. They can do it next year with PJ Fleck. They can still do it this year with PJ Fleck. So that's why got to stay positive. It's frustrating, but um, still trending in the right direction. It's baby steps. It's patience. But PJ Fleck has to make changes. Good CEO, good GM. Time to be a good head coach. I could ramble on forever, but we'll wrap it up there. We'll be back later this week with a preview for the Purdue game. As always, I appreciate you all for listening. Row the boat, Sky Uma, and go Elfers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.